Alright folks, so welcome back. We're gonna read some more of the book 1984 by George Orwell. We laughed it at uh, the word chastity and the, the phrase was aggressive symbol of chastity. It's 5% of the book. The hate rose to its climax. The voice of Goldstein had become an actual sheep's bleat, and for an instant the face changed into that of a sheep. Then the sheep face melted into the figure of a Eurasian shoulder, soldier, <laughs> shoulder, <laughs> who seemed to be advancing, huge and terrible, his submachine gun roaring and seemed to spring out of the surface of the screen so that some of the people in the front row actually flinched backwards in their seats. Yeah. But in the same moment, drawing a deep sigh of relief from everybody, the hostile figure melted into the face of Big Brother. Black-haired, black-mustached, full of power and mysterious calm, and so vast that it almost filled up the screen. Nobody heard what Big Brother was saying. It was merely a few words of encouragement, the sort of words that are uttered in the Dean of Battled. <laughs> of Battle, not Battled. <laughs> What's a Dean? Do you guys know? Dean, a loud, unpleasant, and prolonged noise. Okay. Also, it means be deemed into, it means being stilled by someone, by constant repetition. Okay. Oh, that's a good new word to know. Yes, I didn't know that. So many words to know. And probably also a lot I have forgotten, like the other shit I forgot. <laughs> it's sad and pathetic. But it is what it is. So, uttered in the din of battle, not distinguishable individually, but restoring confidence by the fact of being spoken. Then the face of Big Brother faded away again, and instead of the three slogans of the party stood out in bold capitals. War is peace, freedom is liberty, ignorance is strength. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. <laughs> After living through the past two years and all the hooks and shit, I mean, it is so hilarious to even fucking read. Now, if I wasn't affected by it, it would be even more fun. But the face of Big Brother seemed to persist for several seconds on the screen as though the impact that it had made on everyone's eyeballs were too vivid to wear off immediately. The little sandy-haired woman had flung herself forward over the back of the chair in front of her, with a tremulous murmur that sounded like, My Savior! She extended her arms toward the screen. Then she buried her face in her hands. It was apparent that she was uttering a prayer. <laughs> At this moment, the entire group of people broke into a deep, slow, rhythmical chant of, B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B B
over and over again, very slowly, with a long pause between the first B and the second, a heavy, murmurous sound, somehow curiously savage, in the background of which one seemed to hear the stamp of naked feet, feet sorry, and the throbbing of tom-toms. <laughs> They're just killing me. Okay. Some people, though, may not know what tom-toms are, and let's see if they even tell us on here. The meal of various animals, Tom, but I, I know... Okay. A medium-sized cylindrical drum, drum beaten with the hands and using jazz band. So, just so you know. <laughs> also, it makes sense in the context, but a lot of time, I think when people... Um, are learning English. Um, it's easy to to get lost sometimes because you may know the meaning of the word, meaning something that doesn't have, you know, a place in the context. So it's not you. It's English. <laughs> and personally, I always like to check. Like even if I have a little bit of a doubt, I like to go and check. Because I just want to make sure. Otherwise, I cannot pay attention to the rest. My my brain keeps going back. To... <laughs> I don't know if it's the obsession of the Capricorns or if it's just a sign of complete stupidity. You know, maybe I've lost a twenty-point IQ like the ones who took the Mister Juice without taking it. Maybe I didn't have them to start with. It's just crazy though. Like when I look, it looks like there is someone behind me, like here. Like here, there are like two eyes and nose, doesn't it? This is Big Brother looking at me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go back now. It's, uh, it's really important to keep reading. There's <sighs> just too many things. When I read this stuff, I don't know, I'm, am I the only one? Like, I have all these things that pop up in your head, and then I get distracted. And that's how many times I end up reading another book and then coming back because I'm looking into something. I hate it. I hate it in a way, but that's how I've always been. And I'm just trying to, you know, streamline it more now. Because it can be quite dispersive and then you end up doing a lot of things that it takes forever to get there because you're doing all this stuff on the side, which is great <laughs> to, to know and it's interesting, but... It's dispersive. So, so yeah, some, some people are like that. Apparently, people who have a lot of fire and uh, air sometimes can be like that. They're just very curious. I blame the Gemini in me. I always blame the Gemini. Always. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so between the bees and the second, a heavy murmur sound. We read that, I know. Somehow curiously savage in the background, of which one seemed to hear the stamp of naked feet and the throbbing of tom-toms. So I just wanted to have the context again. For perhaps as much as 30 seconds, they kept it up. Sorry. It was a refrain that uh, was often heard in moments of overwhelming emotion. And again, when you see it was a refrain, it's like, what the fuck, right? Let's go and check it out, right? Refrain. 
stop oneself from doing something. Obviously not the right meaning of that, right? And then let's see if it gives you anything else. A refrain from the vulgar Latin refringere to repeat, and later from old French refrendre in the line or lines that are repeated in music or in poetry, the chorus of a song. Poetic fixed form that feature refrains include the villanelle, the, <laughs> I don't know how to say that, virele and the sestina. Seriously, I don't know how to, to say it. The vire, I would say virele, but it's, uh, V-I-R-E-L-A-Y So you make out what you want from that And that's why I check Because I always like to Now I want to go and check the pronunciation of that But let's not get lost too much So anyway, they were repeating the same shit Over and over Does that remind you of something? Then, of course, you know, <laughs> repetition, even if it's not true, it'll become true, because it's a repetition. Hitler was doing that too, right? So, I guess that's where he got the idea from, maybe. Or maybe there's someone else before. You experts can, um, can let us know, you know, us ignorant beings. Oh God, so it was a refrain that was often heard in moments of overwhelming emotion. Partly it was a sort of hymn to the wind's wisdom and majesty of Big Brother, but still more, it was an act of self-hypnosis, a deliberate drowning of consciousness by means of rhythmic noise. Winston's entrails seemed to grow cold, in the two minutes hate he could not help sharing in the general delirium, but the subhuman chanting of be, 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 be always filled him with horror. Of course he chanted with the rest. Yeah, well, you don't want to appear weird, right? It was impossible to do otherwise, to dissemble your feelings, to control your face, to do what everybody else was doing, was an instinctive reaction. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do. But there was a space of a couple of seconds during which the expression in his eyes might, con might conceiv conceivably have betrayed him. And it was exactly at this moment that a significant thing happened, if indeed it did happen. Momentarily, he caught O'Brien's eye. O'Brien had stood up. He had taken off his spectacles and was in the act of resettling them on his nose with his characteristic gesture. But there was a fraction of a second when their eyes met, and for, a long, uh, for as long as it took to happen, Winston knew, yes, he knew, that O'Brien was thinking the same thing as himself. As unmistakable... <laughs> an unmistakable message, sorry, had passed. It was as though their two minds had opened and the thoughts were flowing from one into the other through their eyes. I am with you, O'Brien seemed to be saying to him. I know precisely what you're feeling, 
I know all about your contempt, your hatred, your disgust. But don't worry, I am on your side. And then the flash of intelligence was gone, and O'Brien's face was as inscrutable as everybody else's. That was all, and he was already uncertain whether it had happened. Such incidents never had any sequel. All that they did was to keep alive in him the belief or hope that others besides himself were the enemies of the party. Perhaps the rumors of vast underground conspiracies were true after all. Perhaps the Brotherhood really existed. It was impossible, in spite of the endless arrests and confessions and executions, to be sure that the Brotherhood was not simply a myth. Some days he believed in it, some days not. There was no evidence, only the fleeting glimpses that might mean anything or nothing, snatches of overheard conversation, faint scribbles on laboratory walls. Once, even, when two strangers met, a small movement of the hands, which had looked as though it might be a signal of recognition. Oh my god, it's like the cult, the Mustonic, you know, when they do it with the NASA thing. See, this dude is behind me. This is Big Brother. Can you see Big Brother behind me? That's hilarious. Even when I use the painting program online, sometimes you see faces in there. It's funny. It's like if I tried to do it on purpose, you wouldn't be like that. See, I'm telling you, hello, it's watching over me. I'm not that important, so I never have to worry much about it. But if I do go missing suddenly, it's because they got me. <laughs> I mean, after all, all my numbers are perfect gematric numbers, you know, to... <sighs> it was all guesswork. Guesswork, sorry. Very likely he had imagined everything. He had gone back to his cubicle without looking at O'Brien's again. The idea of following up their momentary contact hardly crossed his mind. It would have been inconceivably dangerous even if he had known how to set about doing it. For a second, two seconds, they had exchanged an equivocal glance and that was the end of the story. But even that was a memorable event in the locked loneliness in which one had to live. Winston roused himself and set up straighter. He let out a, a belch, a belch, <laughs> like, you know, I do. The gin was rising from his stomach, his eyes refocused on the page. He discovered that while he sat helplessly mussing, mussing, he had also been writing. Okay, I don't know that word. Sorry, guys. Oh, musing. This is the Italian in me coming out. It's musing, obviously, but it, I, I read it musing. Yep. So, muse to absorb, to be absorbed in thought, since we open it anyway. <sighs> That's why I laugh at my brain, because when those glitches happen, it's like, yeah, you're still a whoop, after all, eh? <laughs> he discovered that while he said helplessly, musing, he had also been writing, as though by automatic action. And it was no longer the same cramped, awkward handwriting as before. His pen had slid voluptuously over the smooth paper, printing in large, neat capitals. 
Down with Big Brother. 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 Okay, sorry. I just, you know, it sounds like one of those things. Over and over again, feeling half a page. He could not help feeling a twinge of panic. It was absurd, since the writing of those particular words was not more dangerous than the initial act of opening the diary. But for a moment he was tempted to tear out the spoiled pages and abandon the enterprise altogether. He did not do so, however, because he knew that it was useless. Whether he wrote down with Big Brother or whether he refrained from writing it made no difference. Whether he went on with the diary or whether he did not go on with it made no difference. The thought police would get him just the same. He had committed, would still have committed, even if he had never set pen to paper, the essential crime that contained all others in self. Thought crime, they called it, thought crime, was not a thing that could be concealed forever. <laughs> concealed, sorry, I just... <laughs> I can't help on being goofy, it's... You know, it's when I read this stuff, it's like, oh my God, it's just too much reality, you know, in this piece of fiction. Oh yeah, it's fiction, all right. You might dodge successfully for a while, even for years, but sooner or later, they were bound to get you. It was always at night, the arrest invariably happened at night. The sudden jerk out of sleep, the rough hand shaking your shoulder, the lights glaring in your eyes, the ring of hard faces around the bed. In the vast majority of cases, there was no trial, no report of the arrest. People simply disappeared, always during the night. Your name was removed from the registers. Every record of everything you had ever done was wiped out. Your one-time existence was denied and then forgotten. You were abolished, annihilated. Vaporized was the usual word. Vaporize. That's right. Sounds way too familiar, guys. Way too familiar. For a moment, he was seized by a kind of hysteria. He began writing in a hurried, untidy scrawl. They'll shoot me. I don't care. They'll shoot me in the back of the neck. I don't care. Down with Big Brother, they always shoot me in the back of the neck. I don't care. Down with Big Brother. I don't care. I don't care. That's right. In Omniapparatus. He sat back in his chair, slightly ashamed of himself, and laid down the pen. The next moment he started violently. There was a knocking at the door. Already? He sat as still as a mouse. In the <laughs> as still as a mouse. Sorry. <laughs> he sat as still as a mouse. <laughs> In the, they are not very still mice, by the way. In the futile hope that uh, whoever it was might go away. <laughs> Sorry, I got so confused there because I was thinking about the mice being still. They do stay still, but um, they do stay still. It's just I, I I think more rats stay still. Mice are really stupid in a way. At least the ones I've always had around me. You always can tell where they come from. They shit on their, their trail. And 
They are noisy. They don't even try and hide. So I don't know if it's just with me because they know I have a big S for sucker on my forehead. But um, yeah, they don't seem to be that still. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. What are the mice around your place still? Let me know, guys. Be interactive. You don't have to be so quiet, you know. Why is it the only people who reach out usually are trolls? It's like, come on, good people, say something. I'm more interested in what you say than the trolls. <laughs> what the trolls say is usually the same shit, anyway. So, he sat still as a mouse in the futile hope that whoever it was might go away after a single attempt. But no, the knocking was repeated. The worst thing of all would be to delay. His heart was thumping like a drum, but his face, from long habit, was probably expressionless. He got up and moved heavily toward the door. As he put his hand to the doorknob, Winston saw that he had left the diary open on the table. Down with Big Brother <laughs> was written all over it, in letters almost big enough to be legible across the room. It was an inconceivably stupid thing to have done, but he realized, even in his panic, he had not wanted to smudge the creamy paper by shutting the book while the ink was wet. <laughs> That's why I like the other pens, because they dry faster. I do like the fountain pens, it's just they're not really practical. Anyway, he drew in his breath and opened the door. Instantly, a warm wave of relief flowed through him. A colorless, crushed-looking woman with wispy hair and a lined face was standing outside. Oh, comrade, she began in a dreary, whining sort of voice. I thought I heard you come in. Do you think you could come across and have a look at our kitchen sink? It's got blocked up and... It was Mrs. Parsons, the wife of a neighbor on the same floor. Mrs. was a word somewhat dis discount... Okay. Discountenanced by the party. Discountenanced. Jeez. He likes these big words, doesn't he? Discountenance. Refuse to approve of something. Disturb the composure of... Come on, buddy. That's it. That's the only two. So it's something they refuse to approve of. Yeah, that's it. That's all they give. So, sorry. They don't even give you the etymology. But, anyway. It made sense in the context anyway, but so Mrs. was award somewhat discountenanced by the party. You were supposed to call everyone comrade, but with some women, one used it instinctively. She was a woman of about yeah, because if you if they say woman or man, then you have rights. But if they call you a person or a comrade, I guess you don't. Right, big brother? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's funny. It's funny that this thing happened in the back of me. I mean, it really looks like Big Brother. <laughs> it's it's smaller than me right now. It's shorter. So Big Brother is going down. See, down with Big Brother. It kind of. <laughs> Never mind. All right, moving on. <laughs> she was a woman of about thirty. 
but looking much older. Yeah, no shit, in a situation like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know I aged a lot in this past two years, in spite of all the shit I do. And, um, you know, whatever. One had the impression that there was dust in the creases of her face. Oh, yeah. Winston followed her down the passage. These amateur repair jobs were an almost daily irritation. Victory mansions were old flats, built in 1930 or thereabouts, and were falling to pieces. The plaster flaked constantly from ceilings and walls. The pipes burst in every hard for frost. Oh, yeah. And the roof leaked whenever there was snow. The heating system was usually running at half stream when it was not closed down altogether from motives of economy, of course. Repairs, except what you could do for yourself, had to be sanctioned by remote committees which were liable to hold up even the mending of a window pane for two years. Of course, it's only because Tom isn't home, said Mrs. Parson vaguely. The Parson's flat was bigger than Winston's and dingy in a different way. Everything had a battered trampled on luck, as though the place was just being visited by some large violent animal. Jesus. <laughs> it's my kind of place. I love being in places like that. I remember when I used to clean and I would go in places like that, my skin would automatically break out in psoriasis. It was like, ping! I could, I could feel it tingling. It was so bad. And I always thought, it's, it's your psyche, mind over matter, mind over matter. But I swear, it just, you feel like shit in places like that. But to each their own. I mean, some people love having mess, so... They actually get pissed off when you clean it up. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. It's true. Anyway, games impedimenta, hockey sticks, boxing gloves, a burst football, a pair of sweaty shirt turned inside out, turned inside out. Games impedimenta. That, it's like, what the fuck? I know plural equipment for an activity or expedition. I am learning so many words. It's awesome. <laughs> when considered as bulky or an encumbrance. So, yeah, well, because impedimento in Italian is something that is bothersome. That's why I stop, because it's like, hold on. So you can guess the the meaning but i like to know i just really get bothered many people get bothered by that because it's like oh right of course you take forever it's like yeah but it's like what's the point of reading something and just doing guesswork all the time and never quite knowing exactly the word you know and if i forget i forget i mean i'm sure i'll remember this one but um it's just when they have um you know some kind of attachment to the italian word I tend to remember them easier, so because I have some kind of uh, feeling attached to the word usually, so I find it's easier for me. And many people, I mean, this is well, even the Silva method tells you that. Any, anybody who tells you to remember words, if you have a, a feeling like anything really that you're trying to remember, if you have some sort of feeling uh, attached to it, it'll be easier to ever recall. So anyway, impedimenta, games impedimenta, hockey sticks, 
boxing gloves, a burst football, a pair of sweaty shirts turned inside out. I don't know if they could be impedimenta, but you know. <laughs> Lay all over the floor, and on the table, there was a litter of dirty dishes and dog-eared exercise books. Oh god. On the walls, there were, were scarlet banners of the Youth League and the Spies, and full-size posters of Big Brother. There was the usual boiled cabbage smell common to the whole building, but it was shot through by a sharp reek of sweat, which one knew this at first sniff, though it was hard to say how, was the sweat of some persons not present at the moment. God, I have been in places like that, with people like that. It's horrible. Yeah, sometimes I wish I couldn't smell. It'll be easier, right? In another room, someone with a comb and a piece of toilet paper was trying to keep tune with the military music, which was still issuing from the telescreen. It's the children, said Mrs. Parsons, casting a half-apprehensive glance at the door. They haven't been out today, and of course, she had a habit of breaking off her sentences in the middle. The kitchen sink was full nearly to the brim with filthy greenish water which smelled worse than ever of cabbage. Oh, God. Winston knelt down and examined the angle joints of the pipe. He hated using his hands, and he hated bending down which was always liable to start him coughing. Mrs. Parson looked on the helpless, on helplessly. Of course, if Tom was home, he put it right in a moment, she said. He loves anything like that. He's ever so good with his hands. Tom is. Parsons was Winston's fellow employee at the Ministry of Truth. He was a fetish but active man of paralyzing stupidity, a mass of imbecile enthusiasms, one of those completely unquestioning, devoted drudges on whom, more even than on the thought police, the stability of the party depended. At 35, he had just been unwillingly evicted from the Youth League, and before graduating into the Youth League, he had managed to stay on in the spies for a year beyond the statutory age. Statutory, sorry. Statutory. At the ministry, he was employed in some subordinate post for which intelligence was not required. But, on the other hand, he was a leading figure on the sports committee and all the other committees engaged in organizing community hikes, spontaneous demonstrations, savings campaigns, and voluntary activities, generally. He would inform you with quiet pride, quiet pride, sorry, not quiet, quiet pride, between whiffs of his pipe, that he had put in an appearance at the community center every evening for the past four years. Oh, wow, wow, what a waste of fucking time. An overpowering smell of sweat, a sort of unconscious testimony to the strenuous of his life, followed him about wherever he went. 
and even remained behind him after he had gone. What a wonder! Imagine having sex with such a man. Alright, but probably they don't after they have sex, right? After they have children, sorry. They don't have sex after they have sex. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Did I get you? Did I get you? Here. Some ear cupping for you. <laughs> have you got a spanner? said Winston, fiddling with the nut on the angle joint. A spanner, said Mrs. Parson, immediately becoming invertebrate. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sure. Perhaps the children. There was a trembling of boots and another blast on the comb as the children charged into the living room. Mrs. Parsons brought the spanner. Oh, by the way, if you don't know what a spanner is, because I meant to do that before, let's see if they say it. It's, uh, the origin is a ranch, basically, but it's from German Spannen. Draw tight. So there you go. At least they gave us the etymology. Which is interesting. Winston let out the water and, disgusted, and disgustedly removed the clot of human hair that had blocked up the pipe. He cleaned his fingers as best he could in the cold water from the tap and went back into the other room. Up with your hands, yelled a savage voice. A handsome, tough-looking boy of nine had popped up from behind the table and was menacing him with a toy automatic pistol, while his small sister, about two years younger, made the same gesture with a fragment of wood. Both of them were dressed in the blue shorts, grey shirts, and wreck and red sorry wreck red neckerchiefs which were the form of the spies red necker oh god makes you think about the rednecks too it's kind of like the ones they have in wow sometimes some bandits winston raised his hands above his head but with an uneasy feeling so vicious was the boy's demeanor that it was not altogether a game. You're a traitor, yelled the boy. You're a thought criminal. You're a Eurasian spy. I'll shoot you. I'll vaporize you. I'll send you to the salt mines. Suddenly, they were both leaping round him, shouting, traitor, and <laughs> thought criminal. The little girl imitating her brother in every movement. <laughs> what a shocker, right? It was somehow slightly frightening, like the gambolling of tiger cubs, which will soon grow up into man-eaters. Gambolling. To gambol, run or jump about playfully. <laughs> An act of running or jumping about. All these new words. It's awesome. Okay, I'm trying to highlight it. There was a sort of calculating ferocity in the boy's eye, a quite evident desire to hit or kick Winston, and a consciousness of being very nearly big enough to do so. It was a good job, it was not a real pistol he was holding, Winston thought. Mrs. Parsons' eyes flitted nervously from Winston to the children and back again. In the better light of the living room, he noticed with interest that there actually was dust in the creases of her face. 
They do get so noisy, she said. They're disappointed because they couldn't go to see the hanging. That's what it is. <laughs> God, I'm too busy to take them and Tom won't be back from work in time. Why can't we go and see the hanging? Roared the boy in his huge voice. Want to see the hanging, want to see the hanging, chanted the little girl, still capering, <laughs> capering, sorry, round. <laughs> to caper around. Now, capers, I usually like to eat, right? Skip a dance about in a likely or playful way. A playful skipping movement. Just capering around. Another good word to remember. Capering. To caper. See? English. In German, at least, you have that meaning. And then they compose words with those words. So, you know, it's like... <laughs> but this is kind of like what makes it fun as well to learn. For me, anyway. Apart. It's difficult in some ways, especially if you have memory recall issues. But um, because I'm very stubborn anyway, I keep going until I remember. And um, it's just funny though, like all these words. Some Eurasian prisoners guilty of war crimes were to be hanged in the park that evening. Winston remembered this happened about once a month and was a popular spectacle. Children always clamored to be taken to see it, to clamor, you know. He took his leave of Mr. Pars Mrs. Parsons and made for the door, but he had not gone six steps down the passage when something hit the back of his neck and agonizingly painful blow. It was as though a red-hot wire had been jabbed into him. He spun round just in time to see Mrs. Parson dragging her son back into the doorway while the boy pocketed a catapult. Goldstein, bellowed the boy, has the door closed on him. But what most struck Winston's was the look of helpless fright on the woman's grayish face. Back in the flat, he stepped quickly past the telescreen and sat down at the table again, still rubbing his neck. The music from the telescreen had stopped. Instead, a clipped military voice was reading out with a sort of brutal relish a description of the armaments of the new floating fortress, which had just been anchored between Iceland and the Faroe Islands. And there was that word, a brutal relish, a great enjoyment. Like when they say I relish. Anyway, uh, with those children, he thought that wretched woman must live a life of terror. Another year, two years, and they would be watching her night and day for symptoms of unorthodoxy. Nearly all children nowadays were horrible. What was worst of all was that by means of such organizations as the spies, they were systematically turned into ungovernable little savages, and yet this produced in them no tendency whatever to rebel against the discipline of the party. On the contrary, they adored the party and everything connected with it. The songs, the processions, 
the banners, the hiking, the drilling with dummy rifles, the yelling of slogans, the worship of Big Brother. It was all a sort of glorious game to them. All their ferocity was turned outwards, against the enemies of the state, against foreigners, traitors, saboteurs, thought criminals. It was almost normal for people over 30 to be frightened of their own children. And with good reason, for hardly a week passed in which the Times did not carry a paragraph describing how some eavesdropping little sneak child hero, was the phrase generally used, had overheard some compromising remark and denounced his parents to the thought police. Just like they did in, you know, the Nazi and every fucking time. So if you don't see a connection here with all of you who keep fighting and treating each other like garbage all the time because uh, you are so much more awake and less ignorant than others the only thing that really always has pissed me off about people is that they fucking behave as if they deserved more respect than anyone else and they don't respect other people and that is the one thing that I can't really and that's all you see around and you need to have a job like the jobs I've had and be in a position like I have been where you don't make a lot of money and uh, then you see the true colors of people so and God forbid you speak up because when you do then they take away even the little things that they give you so nobody speaks up because they're all scared right big brother right he's right here behind me <laughs> So pathetic. There is karma, and when karma hits you, you're gonna fucking be sorry that you were assholes. That's all I say to those idiots. The rest, that's what they do to them. Fuck yourselves, we save the love, but go to fuck yourselves. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I saw Jeff Berwick's little latest thing. You know, they have in their anarcha polka there. The one thing I always notice about all of these people is how, in the end, they all always ridicule those of us who have not made tons of money like they have while sitting on their ass because, you know, they invested in the right places. And they always discount the fact that if all of us were like them, nothing would get really done in this world. There would be no food, there would be nothing done. So why don't you stop? fucking shitting and ridiculing people who spend driving trucks for 12 hours who clean who do all these things because yeah when you do that kind of shit for so many hours you don't have the energy afterwards to go and uh, do the things you guys do who sit on your fucking ass all day and the reason why this bullshit keeps going on it's not because of the people who do blue collar work and who are you know, usually independent thinkers. No, it's for any of you who shit on each other on whichever side because they call you scrubs, so it's give and take, right? I call you pencil pushers. But why is that? Because I have heard enough pencil pushers putting down people, hi big brother, who do real work. Because, you know, if the cleaner goes missing, if the, the guys who drives the shit that we all eat goes missing we will miss that if they don't come and pick up your garbage we will miss that 
But if you pencil pushers all disappear, all of you fuckers who made shit lot of money, investing money here and there, not giving a fuck about actually making the earth a better place. Oh, it's not your responsibility. Go fuck yourselves. You don't want to do your part. You want to take, and, and I'm not talking about Jeff in particular here, because I don't think that about him in particular. Uh, it's just it prompted me to think when I saw that. I was like, no, I get a lot of things, and yeah, it is comical, actually. It's less comical when you're sitting, you know, here, and you don't have money, and you depend on people who are fucking brainwashed, and who tell you that, oh, it's a great uh, crime that these doctors say that the Rusvi doesn't exist, because it doesn't, because that's not correct. And it's like, oh, yeah, how do you know? Have you gone verifying for yourself? I have at least personal experiences with this, that, of course, the people brainwashed around me who I need to depend on right now apparently or go live in the shed you know but uh, it's because I'm stupid go fuck yourself I work more than most of you probably and I've been way sicker than most of you assholes who have been getting money from the government all your life yeah all of you whoever's burger and who have all that fucking shit all of you fucking make money and all of you can work there's not one of you who is less capable than I was but yet, somehow, you fucking got money. But I didn't for my migrants, I didn't for my psoriasis, and God fucking knows that I was pretty fucked. And I had that shit when I was a kid. I had it when I was a little kid. Because that's what happens when you're abused. And when they try and hide it, and make you look like you are the bad guy. Go fuck yourselves. Parents, you are the reason why your children suck. And that is the bottom line. And Big Brother, of course, is helping you, making them suck a little more. But the bottom line is, why do these people think they're so much different than the cult? When all they help are people who can they can get clout from, and never people like me. I have received very little help in these past two years from anybody out there. Anyone. All talk. But there is no walk. I've been ridiculed by a bunch of idiots who call themselves healers and think they live on a spinning globe. Oh, but I saw. There is a curvature. I saw it looking outside the window of the airplane that is curved. And hands will give a curvature. Oh, I didn't think about that. But I'm gonna laugh at you. <laughs> I'm the idiot, but I'll laugh at you. <laughs> and that's what they fucking do. And then when they discover that they have been, when it's obvious and they can't say anymore, oh no, no, it's not a lie, then they ask you to be kind to them. It's like, I'll be as kind to you as you are to me. So the next time you decide to be a cunt with someone, maybe you'll just rethink about this moment, how you felt that moment that someone treated you in the same fucking way. How about that? Just call me instant karma, hey? Whatever. But some people really are assholes, you know? And so I look at this and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, fuck. You know, like, seriously, people. <laughs> they talk a lot, you know. But in the end of it all, how many of them are real truthers? And how many of them are just really controlled opposition to keep us busy, you know, and in fear, remember? So as we listen to their bullshit, as we do the shit they do, we're not dedicating our um, attention and our energy to things that can actually help us and that's why even though I have made fuck all money from this I have I don't care I keep going because eventually eventually we will tip this over and it's thanks to people 
who kept going in spite of not having any support that this will happen. The people who in spite of calling you on your bullshit, when you need the help, they give it to you and they don't make you back for it. And that is real hope. When you give help to someone and then you humiliate them and you let everybody know how much you help them, you're just a piece of shit like anyone else. That's not real help. This is what narcissistic people do. Real help is done in a way where you don't make the other people feel like you are giving them so much and they're just taking from you, you little losers. Yeah, I'm giving you, I'm charity. That's no fucking help. You're just humiliating them and you're trying to make your you feel better. And that's why I say, I'm just another person out there. Yes, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been around this for a long time. Yes, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I forgot a lot of shit. I will remember it when I read it. But I look at things as anybody can be stupid, anybody can be intelligent. That is not the issue. The issue is not everybody can have a good heart. And that is something I have factually experienced over and over in my life. For some people, being kind is really difficult. And that's why they say stupid shit like, oh, no good deed goes unpunished. You know what? <laughs> People who are selfish and don't really feel like being kind say those things. And usually they're the ones also who feel more intelligent than others. So go fuck them. That's what I say. So all of you who make fun of us and who have not sent me a Bitcoin when it was 75 grand and it could have actually turned into something else, you know, a Bitcoin for you was nothing. A Bitcoin for me would have been awesome. But you didn't fucking share shit. You're all selfish little bitches. So remember one thing. When you will be sick and you need help and nobody is there to help you, don't worry. We'll give you back what you gave us. <laughs> That'll be the perfect punishment. Now, if we were low lives like you, that's what we would do. But we are not really low lives like you. So if you actually redeemed yourself and were actually changed, you know. But even if you are just a piece of shit, I don't know. Can you leave? If it's a murdering someone, right? And it's about to fall down, would you push it? Probably yes. <laughs> Here, let me help you. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good uh, question. Ask yourself. If this murderer has changed, okay, would you save the person? Most people would tell you no, most likely. And if they say yes, it's because they don't want to feel bad. Uh, they would first check, oh, is it against the law? <laughs> so I'm asking you, ask yourself these questions sometimes, you know? What would I do in that case? It's not always that easy and clear-cut. I mean, in this case, for me it is, but... You know, if you... If you haven't changed, right, and you're a murderer... I think the answer is pretty obvious. If you have changed, for real, obviously, you know, if you have the assurance, then you've changed, so you're no longer a threat. It's pretty obvious for me, but I'm curious to see what other people think. So, hey, drop a line if you have any thoughts about that. You know, any thoughts you have, right? Drop them in, you know. Come and talk to me. Let's uh, keep the conversation going, because for a change, we are actually real people and we are ourselves so yeah we are cunts sometimes we're nice but usually the cunty side comes out in uh, reply to cunts 
you know. It's like, here, have a taste of your own cuntiness. See if you like it. Oh, you don't? Then don't be one. <laughs> it's not hard. You don't want people to laugh at you when you have problems? Then don't laugh at people when they have problems. You want people to help you? Then help people. You know, it's just simple. Right? So fucking thought police. <laughs> it's hilarious. The sting... Let's move on. The sting of the catapult bullet had worn off. He picked up his pen half-heartedly, wondering whether he could find something more to write in the diary. Suddenly, he began thinking of O'Brien again. Years ago, how long was it? Seven years, it must be, he had dreamed what he was walking through a pitch-dark room, and someone sitting to one side of him as sad as he passed. We shall meet <laughs> in the place where there is no darkness. It was said very quietly, almost casually, a statement, not a command. He had walked on without pausing. What was curious was that at the time, in the dream, the words had not made much impression on him. It was only later, and by degrees, that they had seemed to take on significance. He could not now remember whether it was before or after having the dream, that he had seen O'Brien for the first time, nor could he remember when he had first identified the voice of O'Brien's. But at any rate, the identification existed. It was O'Brien who had spoken to him out of the dark. Winston had never been able to feel sure, even after this morning's flash of the eyes. It was still, even after, oh, I'm gonna reread that, that totally butchered. Winston had never been able to, to feel sure. Even after this morning's flash of the eyes, it was still impossible to be sure whether O'Brien was a friend or an enemy. Well, the best enemies always seem like your friends, right? So. Nor did it even seem to matter greatly. There was a link of understanding between them more important than affection or partnership. We shall meet in the place where there is no darkness, he had said. Winston did not know what it meant, only that in some way or another it would come true. The voice from the telescreen paused. A trumpet, call, a trumpet call, clear and beautiful, floated into the stagnant air. The voice continued raspingly. Raspingly. Attention! Your attention, please. <laughs> A newsflash. <laughs> Has this moment arrived from the Malabar front? <laughs> I should stay in character, I'm kidding. I ain't an actor, man. Our forces in South India have won a glorious victory. I am authorized to say that the action we are now reporting may well bring the war within measurable distance of its end. Here is the newsflash. Bad news coming, thought Winston, and sure enough, following on a gory description of the annihilation of a Eurasian army with stupendous figures of killed and prisoners, of course, came the announcement that, as from next week, the chocolate ration would be reduced from 30 grams to 20. Winston belched again. The gin was wearing off, leaving a deflated feeling. The telescreen, perhaps, to celebrate 
the victory, perhaps to drown the memory of the lost chocolate, crashed into Oceania. Tis for thee. <laughs> you were supposed to stand to attention. However, in his present position, he was invisible. Oceania, tis for thee, gave way to lighter music. <laughs> Winston walked over to the window, keeping his back to the telescreen. The day was still cold and clear. Somewhere far away, a rocket bomb exploded with a dull, reverberating roar. About 20 or 30 of them a week were falling on London at present. Oh, like the Blitz? Down in the street the wind flapped the torn posters to and fro, and the word Ingsoc fitfully appeared and vanished. Ingsoc! <laughs> the sacred principles of Ingsoc. Newspeak, double-sync, the mutability of the past. He felt as though he were wandering in the forests of the sea bottom, lost in a monstrous world where he himself was the monster. He was alone. The past was dead, the future was unimaginable. What certainty had he that a single human creature now living was on his side? And what way of knowing that the dominion of the party would not endure forever. Like an answer, the three slogans on the white face of the Ministry of Truth came back at him. War is peace, freedom is liberty, ignorance is strength. <laughs> well, at least they didn't say ignorance is knowledge. <laughs> would that have been even? Ignorance is knowledge. If you really want to be knowledgeable, you have to be ignorant. That's right, you don't have a soul. You don't have, keep ignoring it, you don't have a soul. That's all I gotta say to people like that. I need to swig a coffee now and take a break. Because really, it's too much, too much. <laughs> yes, I know I'm a complete goofball. I know I fuck up a lot as I read. Because I get <laughs> all these other thoughts that distract me. HDHD comes to mind, ADHD. Come on, they always want to put some label on you, right? So when they label you and then your unconscious are believing the label, you become it, right? It's the best way. You know true assholes when they, they tell you that everything you do is bullshit and make no mistakes, I've been surrounded by people like this my whole life. Everything you do is bullshit, you're just a fucking loser, and you'll never amount to anything. And then they turn around and say, why can't you do this? <laughs> and you look at them and go, well, you said it yourself, I'm an idiot, right? <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> it's funny though, how you can do more shit than they can do, but, you know, you don't have money, that's what really matters to some people. And that's a slavery system. Hey, if you want to make money, all you got to do is be a hoe. It's not that hard, right? <laughs> if you can be a hoe, that is. That's the hard part for most of us normal, actual women. You know, when you're not an actual woman, then you enjoy getting a big stick up your ass. That's right. Oh, that is so fucking awesome, man. Ah, oh, man. I love it how they try and normalize all this bullshit. Like, uh, no, abuse is not normal. 
and putting silicone in your body isn't either. Botox party are parties only morons go to and people who don't really love themselves. Hey, but keep trying to look the age you're not. It sounds so well adjusted. <laughs> oh, so sad, man. Anyway, so he took a 25 cent piece out of his pocket. There too, in tiny clear lettering, the same slogans were inscribed and on the other face of the coin, the head of Big Brother. Even from the coin, the eyes pursued you. On coins, on stamps, on the covers of books, on banners, on posters, and on the wrapping of a cigarette packet, everywhere. Always the eyes watching you, and the voice enveloping you, asleep or awake, working or eating, indoors or outdoors, in the bath or in the bed, no escape. Sounds like one of the two Koreas, right? Nothing was your own except a few cubic centimeters inside your skull. The sun had shifted around and the myriad windows of the Ministry of Truth, with the light no longer shining on them, looked grim on the loopholes of a fortress. His heart quailed before the enormous pyramidal uh, shape. Yeah, pyramidal. Sorry, I was checking. It was too strong, it could not be stormed. <laughs> A thousand rocket bombs would not batter it down. He wondered again for whom he was writing the diary. For the future, for the past, for an age that might be imaginary. And in front of him there lay not death but annihilation the diary would be reduced to ashes and himself to vapor only the thought police would read what he had written before they wiped it out of existence and out of memory how could you make appeal to the future when not a trace of you not even an anonymous word scribbled on a piece of paper could physically survive the telescreen struck 14. He must leave in 10 minutes. He had to be back at the work by 14.30. Curiously, the chiming of the hour seeming to have put new heart into him. He was a lonely ghost uttering a truth that nobody would ever hear. But so long as he uttered it, in some obscure way, the continuity was not broken. It was not by making yourself heard but by staying sane that you carried on the human heritage. And this is for all of you who seek to have, you know, um, recognition. And that's why every now and then I'll say uh, sarcastically, you know, oh, I get no support and all that shit. Because the whole point is that real truthers don't give a fuck about all that because they know that we don't need a whole lot of people to listen. We just need very few to actually be open and the right ones. And then the rest will just follow. And you just keep going because when you keep going, that energy is there. And when you keep yourself sane, and that's why it's not selfish to take time for yourself, unlike they taught us all, you know, to brainwash us. It's important to take time for yourself because if you don't do that, then you go insane. And that's what they want. They want you to go insane because then if everybody's insane, well, game over, right? 
So anyway, he went back to the table, dipped his pen and wrote, to the future or to the past, to a time when thoughts is free, when men are different from one another and do not live alone, to a time when truth exists and what is done cannot be undone. From the age of uniformity, from the age of solitude, from the age of Big Brother, from the age of double-think, greetings. He was already dead, he reflected. It seemed to him that it was only now, when he had begun to be able to formulate his thoughts, that he had taken the decisive step. The consequences of every act are included in the act itself. He wrote, thought crime does not entail death, thought crime is death. Now that he had recognized himself as a dead man, it became important to stay alive as long as possible. Two fingers of his right hand were ink-stained. It was exactly the kind of detail that might betray him. Some nosy zealot in the ministry, a woman probably, someone like the little sandy-haired woman on the dark-haired girl from the fiction department, or not all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My start wondering why he had been writing during the lunch interval, why he had used an old-fashioned pen, what he had been writing, and then drop a hint in the appropriate quarter. He went to the bathroom and carefully scrubbed the ink away with a gritty dark brown soap, which rasped your skin like sandpaper, and was therefore well adapted for this purpose. Oh yeah, you know, like some, when some people uh, use uh, baking soda to scrub their face, you know, to exfoliate them. It's like using sandpaper on your skin, basically. Oh yeah, it's so good for you, man. <laughs> I bet your skin really loves it. Anyway, uh, he put the diary away in the drawer. It was quite useless to think of hiding it, but he could at least make sure whether or not its existence had been discovered. A hair laid across the page and was too obvious. With the tip of his finger, he picked up an identifiable grain of whitish dust and deposited it on the corner of the cover, where it was bound to be shaken off if the book was moved. Ooh. So now we are at three. Part three of I guess this is the first part so I'm gonna stop here because it seems that you know it's a good place to stop and uh, yeah I put a little highlighter there uh, I will read more later today for sure but I am trying not to so I cannot do laundry today because the dryer's broken again. So, if I wash my stuff, I have to hang dry it. And uh, probably not gonna happen because I don't really have any place to. I will do it when I really have to, but I can avoid it. So, hopefully, he'll get one today, tomorrow, and install it. These people. He has been very unlucky. Yes, I'm getting you off now the book for a bit. Because, you know, 
As I'm reading this book, aren't you guys all reliving what we have lived through these past two years? You know, how, you know, they have been trying to make you feel bad for not wanting to take a mystery juice. They didn't reveal the ingredients off to you. How the Australian government now is trying to tell the people who were um, ordered, you know, were imprisoned, were... What did they do to them to get them to take this mystery juice? They never revealed the ingredients of They never revealed the side effects. And then they say they gave informed consent. And so if something happens to you after you take the mystery juice, it's your fault. This is what was in their news. How can you fucking say that? You made the people take it. Why is it the people are responsible when they have not been told the ingredients? They are not the one who produced it. The producers of this, the ones who approved this are responsible. And the ones who mandated it, not the people who were forced to take. So first they force it on you and then they blame you if something goes wrong. And you're still complying, people? You're still saying, sir, yes, sir? You're still asking for people to be declaffered because, like, Neil Young, apparently, that's what he did, the fucking idiot. But, I mean, he's married to Daryl Anna, and if you look into these people and their heritage, then you realize why they're so fucking brainwashed. It's ridiculous, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, the mermaid, you know? I am Daryl Anna, the mermaid, and because I was brainwashed, I lived a life of privilege with a big bag on my head. I'm Daryl Anna. Yeah, that's how they sound. It's like, go oh, fuck yourself. Seriously, I say it with love, but it's like, hello. <laughs> you know, and then another one. Oh, Barry Mandelow. <laughs> Looks like we made it. <laughs> It's so funny because <laughs> they always have those fucking people in Gilmore Girls. So if you watch Gilmore Girls, man. <laughs> cold, cold, cold. Here we come. Right down to Hillary. Such a great person. <laughs> and then they all have like little symbols, satanic symbols, you know, it's hilarious. So they either heavily make in front of them or most likely they're just part of the group, right? And they make fun of it because, of course, that's the best way to make people believe you're not part of the group. Which is what I'm doing, guys. I'm not really poor. I live in a fucking mansion. You know, this is Big Brother, indeed, in behind me. And I'm just totally lying to you. I'm here just to lie to you, clearly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, anyway, that's now 1984 we're going through. It's a lot easier to read on the Kindle, so... Um, I will do that. I like the computer sometimes because when you look for words, you can get the etymology and stuff without having to take out my dictionary. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have, but all in all, <laughs> I prefer the Kindle. I don't really get tired when I read on the Kindle. Like, right now, my eyes are not tired at all. And... You know, it's, I don't, I really don't understand why, because it's still a screen. Yes, they say that it's, you know, uh, regulated so your eyes don't get tired and stuff. But they say a lot of things and, you know, they're not real. So I rarely trust anything people say, myself. <laughs> I mean, companies and stuff, right? <laughs> they always lie. I mean, isn't marketing about saying the lie in a way that doesn't seem like a lie? But, you know... 
entices you to go in and then you realize, oh, it's not quite as they wanted to make it sound, but, you know, because they didn't say certain words, they are not liable. They didn't lie. It's just how you understood it, you know, English. But it's not just English, obviously, there's many languages like that. But it's just funny, I find. Italian is one thing is a lot longer, like it's more of a, you know, what is the right word in English? It's like prolasso. It's like it's, it's like very long, you know. It's like very extended. That's why I found it was a lot easier to study technical stuff in English. Actually, once you know I had English down enough, um, I found it a lot easier because it's shorter. It's more you can. It's it's much easier to you know give directions, and hence it would be the choice language probably to hypnotize and stuff. But obviously they do it in every language, right? So, just I always found Italian was more of a. Um, it's it's a long. You can understand things in different ways as well, but it's. I don't know how to describe it right now. Probably it's because I've been out of there for so long. But it's just not quite as short, succinct, to the point as English. So what you see in English in very short, and that's why a lot of times I also tend to 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 speak in the longer way because I see the Italian sneaking up in me. Like, you know, when I read music and it doesn't click right away, right? I know the word muse, I know when it's musing, but it doesn't quite click right then. And it's habit too, probably, if I just did this full time, right? I would have lost my eyes, actually, if I if I did this kind of work. But um, I really always enjoyed editing, for example. I like that kind of work. It's just, um, I find it's really tiring on the eyes when you just do that all the time. And I already have enough problems with my eyes, like... Like, sometimes after I look at the screen, when I read it and I look at it for long enough, I literally just, it's all blurry. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but if I read on the Kindle or on a book, it doesn't happen like that. So, obviously, it's something to do with the lights and uh, probably also the energy, even though I am like two feet away from it. But it's still within range, I guess. So some people wear those glasses, but I don't, uh, I never quite believe in that shit myself. I was always like, eh, I don't know. Sounds like you just want to sell us more glasses. But I should try them, maybe it'll make a difference. I just never had that extra, you know, money I wanted to spend on it for them being screwed. I do like these glasses, though. If I find them. I like them so much that I can't even find them, right? Are these the broken ones or the good ones? I don't know. I think these are the broken ones. Yeah, I repair them. The pinhole glasses. <laughs> you look like the Matrix, but they're pinholes. So they actually make everything very, very... Um, I can see everything greatly right now. Like it's awesome. It's so clear, you know. And this is to help your eyes basically 
when you use glasses, and that's why I don't often wear my glasses, um, your eyes, the muscles are not working. And because the glasses are doing the work for the eyes. So when you don't wear them, if you don't often, you know, relax your eyes as you read and stuff, then what happens, the muscles go and become very tense because you're trying, you strain them basically to read, right? So what these glasses do, they have these little pinholes and so the lens has to adjust because the light hits the lens from many angles. So the lens, in order to see properly, has to elongate and shorten. But when you use these glasses, that doesn't need to occur. So it doesn't matter if your eyes, when you have myopia, for example, right, your muscles are just really tense and uh, it's usually all linked to your solar plexus and it's linked to your ability, your power, you know, to feel your power. And when you lose eyesight, it's also linked to, I think, kidneys. There are certain organs, liver probably. There are certain organs that are sort of uh, at play. So that's... But anyway, um, it's usually people who have problem with their power center. And uh, then you start seeing them having problems with the... Um, all the lymphatic system basically and <laughs> so those are people who are tense usually they're always tense and the tension comes out in the eyes when you use this stuff what it does is it, it allows your eye to see because you only have one ray going through or few you know going through so that hits your eyes so your eye doesn't have to, the lens doesn't have to elongate or shorten because it focuses perfectly when it's just a minimal amount of air, of uh, ray coming in through. And it really works. And when you keep using this, what happens is after a while, like you feel your muscles working because they relax, and then they start working again. And it's quite crazy, because you start seeing better, you know, and then you go, holy shit. And then, of course, it's diet-related, like sugar weakens your eyes, because there's all kinds of things, and obviously with my bullshit diet, when I, yeah, I eat better than most people, but my system is fucked. So, even if I eat better than most of you, I still am fucked when I eat stuff. It affects me way more. So, you know, and it's always been like that, right? So, when I'm super healthy, then every now and then I can have shit and it won't affect me as much. But then you don't really want it because you don't enjoy it. And I don't really quite enjoy it now. It's just really the stress and the mental, you know, constantly. Also, when you're around people who are always treating you like shit, you know, maybe they do nice things for you, but you know that the underlying feeling they have toward you is that they consider you a fucking loser who just takes advantage of them, who's, you know, all this shit that you, you know, you're nothing good, basically, and everything you do, they criticize. 
they criticize, they put you down, if you do something nice, oh, you have an angle. Like, all their issue, they, you know, project on you. And instead of helping you, they, you know, if you're down, they push you down a little more. Yeah, that will affect you, and that will also create a level of, um, you know, you're always in flight or fight. So if I didn't use all these techniques all the time, I would have already probably lost my shit completely. Because I mean, it's not, how can you not, you know? Like, fuck. Every single time I had the worst times in my life, caused mainly by these assholes, also, because, make no mistake, I blame all of you who in January 2020 didn't listen to me and fucking listen to all these losers who, you know, two years later, what are they all saying? Oh, wait, what I was telling you in January 2020 is a fucking hoax. There is no Rusi, there has never been a Rusi, and there is no Bitcoin. It's all fucking bullshit. It's all big fat lie. But I'm, again, always really like shit, always, you know, oh, you know nothing. Oh, why is it, you know, if we know nothing, why is it we always fucking call this shit? You know, me, the person who never followed any the political crap, I never followed any of it. I never even read Chomsky, that I, I, I might have started and then I stopped. I don't remember, to be honest. I knew sort of what he was talking about because I always had idiots around me who were talking about Chomsky as if, you know, they were better. And these fucking people are the ones who self-quarantine when I was telling them, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, but I am the idiot. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'm just so fucking sick of it because I have been affected by this and my whole life has been affected by these assholes who fucking make the calls, right? Take the decisions and then try and blame you for the decisions they make. And when you are tired and you say, well, enough, you know, if we did this, we'll be fucked. But you do it, it's okay. I don't think so. Oh, then you're a troublemaker. No, I just have some kind of form of self-respect. And I see that this is fucking completely unjust and unjustified. And then on top of it, you get all these assholes who are laughing their ass off, right? As you suffer. Oh yeah, all of you who suffer in Canada. All of you are slaves. Go fuck yourself. I know this country is filled with sleepo. I've been here for fucking 24 years. Just like Italy. They're all fucking sleepo. They're all assholes like my ex-boyfriend Marco. All they care about is money. All they care about is status. All they care about is bullshit that doesn't matter. They don't have a nice kind bone in their fucking body. And God forbid. And they're ignorant as fuck. And they don't give a shit about anything. But the stupid crap that the TV and all these big brother daddy told them it's important and this is a fact so yeah i have a complete loathing feeling toward any of them i always loathe you you know that's my song that's how i sing that song and i, I will always loathe you Ooh, fucking assholes oh yeah you know that's how i sing that song as i often butcher it in many ways because seriously i don't know how anybody normal could ever love jerks like them and i always say i ain't god i didn't make you and i know i don't fucking have to love assholes like you you are the reason why we are in this shit and your reason why the life of many people including mine have sucked 
Because not only you fucked us over when we were kids, not giving a fuck about us, enjoying the fact that we were fucked. No, you helped it. Oh, here, have some fluoride pills. Here, it's good for you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> have some polio vaccine. Come on, it's good for you. <laughs> then 10 IQ lower later, you know. Oh, you're not doing your math homework, right? Yeah, gee, fuck, I wonder why, right? You just fucking shot me with a bunch of crap. <laughs> with the very aim of lowering the IQ momentarily. And then if you keep doing that shit, what do you think? It's gonna come back? No, because you keep polluting your body, right? And now it's come to the place where they tell you that you're a bad person if you don't want to take a mystery juice. But then when you get hurt, it's on you. Go fuck yourselves. Some of us have self-respect pieces of shit. And you know what? You will die. We won't. We'll have a fucking good life. But all of you assholes will die. And it's about fucking time, I say. You know? I don't care where you go. I don't care what happened to you. I just don't want to have to deal with you anymore. And I say it with much love. Seriously. Because ultimately, you are such low lives that death is better. And when you do die, at least maybe you have a chance to come back and do it better. And that is the final... <laughs> so, these are the, the glasses. See, I, when I have them on, I see very, very, everything very clear. Why don't I always leave them on? It's because sometimes when you are trying to do other things, you can, you know, you don't see everything. You can't drive with this, right? You can't do things. And when you walk around with those, sometimes, you know, you're special, you know. It's not the same. You have to get used to it. And also, they're quite dark, um, obviously. Like, if you use them outside, you're in nature or something, or like, no, the screen is bright. But after a while, I get tired, so I like to, you know, I, I can get um, headaches if I keep stressing my eyes, unfortunately. And many people have that problem, right? But then the headache turns into migraine, and that's when the shit show begins. So I try and avoid overdoing things, because even like, like right now, I can feel a little bit of, oh yeah, it's working, because obviously my muscles are starting to work now, right? And um, so I just do it a little bit. I, I haven't done it for a while. I mean, my dog passing away and everything, you know, has been a bit of a... I've been thrown off a little bit, my usual stuff. But, uh, and also, I mean, I've been leaving in a state that is kind of pitiful. Uh, I have... I have rodent shit under the... the thing, the oven that I can't move because it's gas and it's attached. So you can't move it, it's huge also. So, you know, I try and clean as much as I can, but it is what it is. They keep coming in, it's unstoppable. I cannot get in there to stop it. The people who should deal with it you know, they tried, they failed, they don't want to deal with it anymore. And this is the real state. Today I was doing laundry, but I can't, apparently, you know, because it's broken again. I was waiting for two, three days because I don't like to keep doing laundry, you know. It's, uh, I try and do, um, be reasonable about suffering. But it's one thing after the other. It's always one thing after the other. So it's not like it has been exactly... I don't know. I mean, other people in my situation, they would have already killed themselves, probably. 
other people would have tried to find different solutions in different ways most likely with you know different point of view i haven't yet found a way out of that one problem but everything else is better because i do do the work and i do apply the things i talk about and that's why i talk about them because i've tried them and they work so the pinhole glasses by the way you can find online and it was uh, i believe it was dr bates because there's dr Broyce is the cancer one and dr bates was the eyesight one and these guys are dead now right this was from last century beginning and uh and then they went on and you know i just came across this stuff because i've always been around these things and you know in northern italy they have a lot of things from germany austria switzerland and so they we learn you know a lot of good herbologists a lot of good science has also come out of there not just garbage so that's why I like and every place I think has good and bad anyway that's my understanding from what I've seen in my experience again I, I haven't been traveling for a very long time so um, you know after 9-11 I was completely turned off and I was just not willing to comply to all the bullshit and I was like why is everybody complying I mean if everybody stops then all this goes away right like, that's always been my point, but nobody seems to ever fucking listen, because obviously I'm just a fucking loser, it's obvious. That's why I called it all out, without having any fucking attachment or ins. Because unlike George Orwell, I don't have any ins. I don't know anybody in this. I just, you know, I tune into the field and I get the information I need when I need it. So that's how I've always done. So, it always seems to be the right information, so... But I don't really do it on command either, right? Like for me, it's always been when I need to know something, I'm gonna need to know basis. And if I don't need to know something, I don't care. I don't wanna know your business. I don't wanna know other people's business. I have zero interest. I really don't care. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I don't care what the hoes do, as long as they don't put their shit in the ASMR. Couldn't care less what they do. You know, they still do, obviously, but you know, that's again. I'm not making millions, and so they're not gonna give a shit about what I have to say. Because in the end, they all care about money. <laughs> money turns the world and cunts, apparently. According to some. <laughs> That's what some people tell me, right? So I was like, eh, I don't know. It's kinda sad, but it is what it is, right? So let's just carry on. And not give a shit. Yes, I'm stretching. Stretching is good. And plus, big, big Brother is here in the back. Can you see? Can you see the face? And as light changes outside, also the light inside changes. It's hilarious. I really like to play with those cameras and the luma light because you can really look like, you know... Hello! <laughs> I am just a reflection in my window and we are looking at what I see. From my house. Yeah, right. The unicorns are real, by the way. <laughs> Alright. Enough with the shenanigans. We'll go on with the book a little later.